Power, Chapter Two. The sun had already risen high in the sky and was mercilessly pouring its heat on the people in the fields, stealing the moisture from dirt. Leo and Skull quickly left the awakening town, and so only a few people saw them setting out on their journey. They crossed the fields with barely and wheat at the foot of the mountains. The summer was almost over, and soon the townspeople would have to start the harvest. Leo watched silently the people in the fields that they passed by. Their hard work depended so much on the mercy of the weather. From time to time, he shifted his gaze to the mountains and the forests with their dense shades. However, the air there was humid and stifling, and thus the forest did not provide shelter from the summer heat. Skull cast hidden glances at the boy. He wondered whether this expression of calmness and nonchalance would change. However, nothing happened throughout the whole morning, or in fact, later that day. As they passed, they left the town and the fields behind them and entered the forests, and the boy remained quiet and lost in thoughts. He seemed preoccupied with something and thus did not pay attention to his surroundings. The sun had reached its highest then and now was going to start descending. Sko was afraid that the boy would remain silent throughout the whole day, and so he spoke first. We can go without a break until the sun sets. Once it's dark, we will not be able to continue. I think this is the best solution, and he won't read fun as soon as possible. If you get hungry, we can eat something on foot. Sko wanted to test the boy and see how long it can last without a break. Would he collapse because he got too tired? Would his pride allow him to ask for a break? Leo just nodded and irritated Skull. He could not even bother to open his mouth and say a simple yes. However, another nagging thought found its way to Skull's mind. He had not noticed any luggage. The boy had just a single bag on him and certainly that was not enough to fit food for both of them for a couple of days. Leo had said he had skipped everything necessary for the journey. However, the guide was beginning to doubt that. Was the boy indeed crazy? The guide knew now was the moment to raise the question, while they still had enough time to return to town before the sun sets. Boy, are you really carrying enough food and clothes for the two of us and for the whole journey? Leo seemed irritated by the question. Of course I am. Do you think I would lie? I always keep my word. Sko was so impressed by the boy's anger that he decided not to press the matter any further. Nevertheless, he was still worried. A night in the cold mountains without any provisions would not be enjoyable. The day set without anything remarkable happening. Leo continued to look absent-mindedly at their surroundings while the guide showed the way. When the sun was disappearing beyond the horizon and its rays were coloring the sky red, Skull left the path and went into the woods. Soon they reached a small spring with clear water sparkling in the sunset's light. Leo scanned the place and he wanted to imprint every detail in his mind. The guide looked at the boy who did not show any signs of being tired or out of breath. I will gather firewood and you can pour water into something, Skull said, irritated. Leo looked at the figure until the guide disappeared among the trees. Then 
shrugged his shoulders and looked up at the branches hiding the sky. He could not comprehend his guide. As Uko came back, the boy had filled a little copper with water and prepared a box with various fragrant herbs. He hurried to light the fire, while Leo took out a metal framework from the small bag. He then used the framework to hand the copper over the flames. Afterwards, he took out from the same tiny bag two blankets and two packages, one with smoked meat, another one with bread. The guide could swear that there was no way to fit all those things in a single bag, much less a small one. Skull tried to hide his surprise from the boy and so kept his eyes on the fire, sneaking a glance from time to time. The boy took some leaves from the box and threw them into the boiling water. A relaxing fragrant smell filled the air. It seemed as if the smell alone was enough to suit Skull's nerves. A second later, Leo handed him a small bowl in which he had poured some tea. The guide felt guilty for doubting his fellow traveler. The boy had prepared well, he thought, as Leo passed him some bread and a piece of meat which was cooked on the fire for a few minutes. Maybe all of this encouraged Skull to begin a friendly chat. You have really outdone yourself. I have not had such a wonderful meal for years, the guide stated. He sneaked another glance at his companion, not knowing what to expect. However, the boy gave him a shy smile. I am glad you enjoyed it. The meal was nothing much, but it will restore our strength. I never thought that a bit of hot water could have such a rejuvenating effect on the body. I feel as if the day has just begun, Scott explained wildly. Then you have never had real tea before, the boy concluded. Scott wasn't sure whether the long day, the hot tea or the light of the fire had brought some warmth to the child's face, but he had softened. It was as if the ball of ice that Leo was before had melted away and there in his place to the small human being, normal, with feelings and emotions. Most likely you're right, Scott put a couple of branches in the fire to bring it back to life, and then he wagered another question. Where are you headed, kid? What sort of a wild adventure are you pursuing? Leo eyed him for a moment, as if to decide how trustworthy he was, and what he could share with the stranger, trying to change something. Maybe the boy muttered something else afterwards. However, Skull was not sure about it. Leo got up, and the magic was gone. The boy cleaned the utensils they had used, took one of the blankets and sat down facing the fire, his back rested on a tree trunk. Good night, he said, and closed his eyes. Scold lied down on the ground next to the fire and pulled the other blanket over himself. For a moment he wondered whether the boy was really going to sleep like that, but then he decided to leave him alone. Scold felt the sleep slowly leave him, as if something bright was standing just in front of his closed eyes. A nagging feeling was eating him. The man jumped suddenly, surprised. Was it already morning? Had he really slept so soundly that he had not noticed sun rising sky? What did happen with him? What if somebody had attacked them during the night? He would have been killed in the blink of an eye. He noticed that Leo was looking at him, surprised. It seemed as if he had gotten up a while ago. 
there was a fire, dancing, happy, and over it, another tree was growing. It smelled just as nice as the one the previous night. Good morning, the boy suggested more irritated. Good morning, Suko looked around as if to certain that his senses were not seeing him. Leo was watching him with some sort of understanding, like a parent would watch his child. For just a second, Suko wondered if the boy had put something in the food or the tea, and then gave up on the idea. The man washed his face, the spring, and came back to the fire where Leo handed him a package with some sweets and dried fruit. You take this quite seriously, Suko was surprised. Yes, I do. What we eat is very important. Food is just like air. We cannot live without it. Yes, but you do not have to overgive on my account. As long as it is edible, I will be happy. Leo let a heavy sigh escape. Do you prefer the air in the inn back in town? Or the air up here in the mountains? Suko laughed. Okay, I give up. The boy looked nervous at Suko. Is it bad to be too serious? I have been taught to take everything serious. I never underestimated the importance of an issue. But I thought that the boy showed for the first time a childlike and innocent side. He actually wanted to pat Leo on the head and encourage him, but before he could summon the courage, the boy changed the topic. Eat quickly, we have to leave soon. Scott tried to chew as fast as possible while the boy was gathering their belongings. The tea refreshed him and drove the last remains of sleep away. The guide was surprised how effective a single drink can be. It almost seemed magical. The day was an uneventful one, as the previous. They walked in silence. The men had to consider some things, and so the night came upon them quickly. They moved away from the path again and looked for the spring. A fire was lighted, and the copper was placed over it. Once again, milk, water, and fragrant herbs. Sko was once again stunned by the amount of things. Leo took out of his small bag blankets, the box filled with herbs, food, as well as bowls and other utensils. The boy diligently prepared the tea and the food this time as well. Then he handed Suko his bowl with tea and said, somewhat embarrassed, I must apologize, it seems that the tea last night was too strong. It's just that I never imagined there was a person who had never had tea before. Suko was surprised. So that was what had happened, he got drunk. On tea, the guide felt somewhat stupid, but at the same time he felt like laughing out loud. The food was delicious this time too. Skull was starting to enjoy the trip, and the best part was that he was going to get paid at the end for accompanying the boy throughout the mountains. He was a bit curious about the mysterious boy and his story. However, he did not try to learn more about Leo. After all, he was going to forget everything about the boy as soon as he spent the money. Being occupied by such thoughts, Ko wrapped himself with a blanket and fell asleep. The boy was planning to sleep the same way as the previous night, sitting his back to a tree, but continued observing the guide secretly for a while longer at least. Leo could not quite understand the man. First, Ko had clearly shown that he did not like him. However, last night he had tried to start a conversation, and today the guide had remained completely silent, as if ignoring the boy. His mood changed faster than that of a wench. Leo would prefer if Suko was not curious and did not try to get to know him. The boy did not want to leave behind any traces of his existence. 
He wanted to remain as invisible as possible. However, the fact that he had employed a guide was already a big trace. Of course, he could have passed through the mountains alone, but he would have most likely stumbled upon the bandits that everyone was talking about. The boy did not want to confront the bandits. That would be considered a big trace. So all the boy could do was place a call handsomely in the end and thus buy his silence. Something woke Skull up. He opened his eyes just to realize it was the middle of the night. The man tried not to move as he did not want to attract suspicion. The forest was quiet. The moon had already hidden behind the horizon. The small camp was completely engulfed in darkness. Only the embers left in the fire were glowing and red. Skull, however, knew something was amiss. He could feel it in his guts. A moment later, he heard the footsteps in the grass. He cast a quick glance towards his companion. The boy was fast asleep, but that did not matter. Paul had agreed to protect Leo during the trip. The man jumped suddenly, throwing the blanket over the nearest enemy. The bandits were completely surprised when the player jumped and attacked them. With swift movement, Sukkot drew his sword and cut the first bandit. However, another two figures emerged from the darkness. One of the bandits lunged towards Sukkot, but the other moved in the direction of the sleeping boy. The guide cursed, but then he saw out of the corner of his eyes Leo cutting his opponent in two swift movements. Sukkot stabbed the bandit in the chest, and after he freed his sword, turned towards the boy. Leo did not waste any time. In a second, he was standing next to Skull, holding a blade and the embers glowing at their feet. More figures emerged from the darkness. The bandits were encircling them. Leo turned and stood back to back with Skull. For a moment, no one dared to move or breathe. Predator and prey were standing still, awaiting the first move of the opponent. Both Skull and Leo decided the best defense was the offense. The two of them attacked their enemies. The two of them uttered ancient words, words that cannot be heard but can be felt with the soul, words that hold magic powers. Both of them felt the vibrations of their own spells and, at the same time, recognized the spell of the other one. The embers glowed brightly and fire jumped into Skull's hands. The man held the flames for a second and then threw them toward the bandits who screamed in fear as the fire hit them. Leo made a small gesture with his hands and various things sank on the ground, rose in the air and then hurled towards the bandits. The thieves crouched in order to protect themselves from the flying sticks and stones. However, the sticks and stones were followed by the copper, the balls and the blankets. A moment later, the dead bodies of their companions flew through the air and came crashing over them. At this moment, both Ko and Leo turned around quickly and shouted it to one another. Are you a sorcerer? Leo turned around as one of the bandits was trying to attack him from behind. The boy moved quickly and managed to stab the enemy first. Ko used this time to cut another bandit. The guide caught yet another enemy by the collar and threw him in the air. This is absurd, Ko shouted. Utter nonsense, the boy said at the same time. Both of them looked at each other for another second and shouted, There's no way you can be a sorcerer. The last standing bandits used this moment to try a final attack. A huge man stood in front of the boy, holding a sword as tall as Leo himself. The boy was forced to touch the attacks of his opponent. The man swung the sword with such ease that he could easily cut his small adversary into two. 
tail ducked and stepped back, until he noticed a tiny gap in the mast fence. The boy slipped beneath the sword of his opponent and, at the same time, stabbed him in the neck with his thin blade. Another two figures leaped from the darkness towards the boy. Leo jumped to the side, avoiding the blade of one of his opponents. At the same time, he used the opportunity to swing his own blade and slash the neck of the second bandit. Then, the boy leaped forward towards the last three. The man could not even lift his sword to protect himself from the attack. Leo's blade sunk into his chest. Skull had to face just a single bandit. The enemy threw something at him. However, the guard was swifter and faster and easily avoided the object. The two blades clashed, but Skull did not give the bandit the opportunity to fall back. The guide quickly landed his fist on the face of his opponent. The bandit stumbled backwards, and Skull used this chance to stab him in the chest. Then he turned to see how Leo was doing, and was surprised. The boy was doing pretty good. The guide saw the boy kill the last of the bandits. A thought flashed through Skull's mind, and a big smile stretched over his face. So you're a sorcerer and an excellent warrior, Skull continued grinning. This at the modest age of fifteen. One must be strong to survive nowadays, the boy said without looking at his guide. A moment later he turned his cold gaze towards Skull. And you, an excellent warrior and a sorcerer, working as a forester? Skull could not stop smiling, which further irritated the boy. Do not try to avoid the issue, boy. At the age of fifteen I was still living at my father's house. I did not go around killing bandits. I'm not going around killing bandits, Leo protested. This was what he wanted to avoid at any cost. Now, a rumor that two men eradicated the mountain bandits was going to spread like fire, the boy feared. And my parents are long dead, he added out loud. Skull scratched his head. Yes, indeed, we live in dangerous times. Well, one doesn't have much choice. You do what you have to do in order to survive. Skull looked at the boy. Leo caught his eyes and felt his gaze. The guide was convinced this boy was someone who equaled him in ability and courage, in mind and spirit. Skull moved closer towards the boy until they were standing right next to one another. He smiled brightly as if to display his attention and pointed at Leo's bleeding. Did you cut yourself somewhere? Leo looked at his hand and noticed a small cut and a trinket of blood. The boy shrugged. No big deal, it's just a scratch. Skull turned around and went to the remains of the fire. Come, I will take care of it. No need, I will just wash it. However, the boy forced Skull. The guide sat down and noticed that Leo's sword had disappeared without a trace. The boy had tossed his cloak aside as it would have hindered him during the battle. The Skull could see that he was carrying only a single knife around his waist. The man's smile became even bigger. That was even possible. He was sure that Leo would continue offering surprises even after ten years. Leo sat down and looked confused at his guide. The man was playing with a small knife, which he probably took from one of the dead bodies. He was still grinning. Suddenly, Skull cut himself. What are you doing? Leo said. You did not receive a single scratch during the battle, but you were clumsy enough to cut yourself. Skull did not pay any attention to what the boy said. He quickly grabbed Leo's hand and pressed his cut against the boy's scratch. At the same time, he started uttering the words of a spell. Leo tried to free his hand, but without any success. He continued pulling, but Skull was stronger. What are you doing? The boy shouted. A moment later, the spell was complete 
when Leo could feel the vibration of the words die away. He was furious. What did you do? Spoke smiled disarmingly. This was simply a spell for fraternization. The boy looked as if he was about to strangle him with bare hands. Well, the guy had expected as much. Now we are brothers bound by blood. Always help one another. Sko continued without paying any attention to the boy's anger. Leo stood up, but Sko did not give up. You and I are the same. We want to change this country. If we have the same goal, we should help one another, right? I do not know where you are going, but I can get you there. It's so simple. Leo turned like a lion and said furiously, I do not need your help and I do not need a comrade. You're wrong, boy. You need someone to keep your back safe, just like everybody else. And the two of us are a good team. You don't know a thing about me, Leo said through gritted teeth. The boy did not want to hear any reply. He turned around and started gathering their things. The sun was already rising from behind the horizon. And you don't know anything about me, Sko shouted after the boy. And everything will be fine. Just remember to watch Scratch.